1: minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement Due $35 per line connection charge apply ctmobile.com
2: and it's 906 camo I want to congratulate brad Choate before he walks out of the room by the way, for being the bravest man in journalism tonight by putting sobering center in South St. Louis in a script. Yeah. Well done, Brad. Well done. Not any, not just any man has the guts to put that many S's together in one sentence and walk out to tell about it. Fine work by Brad there. Nine Oh six is the time. I'm George sells with you for the next couple of hours here on cable X at your service. It is Tuesday night and, hey, the phone lines are open. Want to know what you want to talk about? Got a few ideas. One thing we're going to get into. we we'll talk a little bit more about speed traps. We were talking about that in the last uh, last few minutes there. And uh, already have one guy on the line, Matt, who we're going to get to in just a second. But uh, want to hear from you. What are the places that you worry that you're going to have a police officer hiding somewhere looking to come out and write you a ticket? Where's that where's that spot you reflexively hit the brakes in Metro St. Louis? East Eastside. Over here, on over here on the St. Louis side, out in St. Charles, down in Jefferson County, let us know what are those spots. Get into that a little bit here coming up, and also get through the hour. Plenty of plenty more to get into here on a Tuesday night in St. Louis, Missouri. We should have the Cardinals on tonight. That's a bummer. I want to sort of send out my condolences to those of you that would much be much rather be listening to them than me. Heck, I'd much rather be listening to them than me, so I can, I can just join you on that bandwagon. But for now, let's get to those speed traps. There are some spots you just know you got to look, those places that you just know they're there. Matt's on the line with us. Matt, welcome to KMOX.
3: George, hey, thanks for taking my call. Last 10 years or so, I've been driving 170 from Brentwood up to 70 probably four or five times a day. And forever, the worst speed trap was anywhere, call it anywhere in that stretch between Page Avenue and Natural Bridge. You know, there are like 14 municipalities in that little stretch, right? And it's like clockwork. Go around the corner, like Lackland and Midland, um, you know, you'd see, you'd see police officers all the time standing up there
4: shooting radar,
3: sure enough, half a mile down the road, there'd be a police officer side of the road, you know, with someone pulled over. Um, an observation of mine. I'm just curious, kind of your take on it. The last year and a half, never see police on that stretch anymore. No idea why. Same with Saint Anne up on on I seventy. I was a little late to the party here in your conversation earlier, but um just curious that you no longer see those speed traps. Whatever those municipalities are, charlac and, and Saint Anne, and but more or less just curious your take on it. I, I see them all the time out in West County and in other parts of town, but uh, for some reason that stretch, and I'm fine with it.
2: Absolutely, which, uh, yeah. It's, it. it's a good question, Matt. I I mean, I mean, can remember back uh, a few years ago when I was working at Channel 2, uh, that was when Charlak, which has all of about 75 yards of interstate, I think, on 170 that is in Charlak, and they tried to set up a speed camera that they could run all the time and just mail off tickets up on that overpass there, and that eventually got yanked out of there. As to why they're not there now, to be honest with you, I, I don't know. Uh, it's a very good question. You have to wonder if uh, during the pandemic, they, like so many other places, uh, lost people, lost staff. Uh, I mean, you do hear about police departments having issues with keeping enough officers on board anyway. Obviously, large scale, you hear about it in the city of St. Louis and in St. Louis County. But uh, you know, for, for one of those small departments, the loss of one officer or two officers would could have a, a strong impact on how they go about doing things. It could be, they just didn't feel like they had the resources to devote to that. Uh, yeah. For my money, that means good news for the citizens of that area, because I think the, your officers are better served uh, being out and you know, serving and protecting, so to speak, than they are raising, raising highway ticket revenue. Uh, but, and I, and I'm not saying that every place is that I know that there are some places uh, again, the example I used earlier was uh, Blood Alley down in Jefferson County on Highway 21 when you get past Hillsboro, That is a dangerous road. And putting a deputy on that road and making sure people aren't going too fast is serving and protecting. Because I can tell you both from driving it and from covering accidents on it, that is not a great stretch of highway. So makes sense. It makes sense in that instance. Uh, as for uh, and I, I deliver on my promise here also, I said I would tell everybody my favorite spot or my spot that always has always has me like clench up and slow down. It's on Lindbergh and Frontenac. If you're going north just before you get to Litzinger, there's a little sort of a pull off behind. A, it's like a school building or something there. And uh, they can sit back there. They're completely hidden. From anybody, and you shoot by them, and out they come. And they've been using that. I've been living. I've been living south of there for, and driving past that spot for probably. I guess it's been thirteen years now, fourteen years. Good lord, it's been a while. George, <laughs> yeah. I've
3: been. I've been nailed there. Agnes. I got nailed there. I got nailed there when I was eighteen years old, going northbound.
2: I believe you, it. They, they down
3: that hill, you go up the hill, and yeah, they're saying you can't see them, and then they're laughing at you when they get you. But and I. I will tell you the last, my opinion, the last year and a half on 170, there are way more reckless drivers now than there have been in the past. It is, I, almost every time, at least once, driving from Brentwood to 70, someone is going at least 90 miles per hour, just flying, <laughs> hauling, right? I believe it. And I, I- and I can't believe that was the case before, and I get annoyed as much as anybody with police officers, like the worst, is the guy and the guy on his motorcycle in Rock Hill that would that would nail people going two miles per hour over. You right? know, my
2: it's, wife told my wife got pulled over by that guy when she was in high school, and I mean, we're 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 both yeah just north of fifty now, and that that guy was there forever. But Matt, I think we may have an answer to your question about where they where everybody went. David's on the line. David, welcome to KMOX. Hello.
3: um Yeah, I remember an area. The a little municipality called Lawn used to be at about that, about 100 yards of interstate. It was part of their city, but they used to
2: be
3: there. But I think I remember several years ago, hey, there were a David, lot of you're, David,
2: you're kind of breaking up on us. If you could maybe move around a little bit and get yourself to a better spot and give us a call right back so we can hear okay. you better. You're breaking up on us. Go to Joanne. Joanne, welcome to Camo X.
0: Yes. Um, I believe that there was a law that said that a municipality can only um, take in a certain portion of the proceeds of their operating budget from traffic stops. Gotcha. And since those little municipalities were making about 90% of their money off of I-170 in places like that, that's why it all stopped.
2: That is interesting, and I, I don't remember here. I've heard of laws like that in other states. I don't remember hearing about the one here, but I you know, by no stretch am I an authority on it. I, I will take your word for it that that's what happened, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. I know there was there was a legendary story uh, in Louisiana about a little town uh, way, way down the bayou. If you were watching any of the hurricane coverage when the, that storm came in earlier this year, a little town called Grand Isle is the place that – Uh, The reporters always flock to when, when a storm is coming in and it's a little it's a barrier island and there's one road in one road out and there was a town called Golden Meadow that had a 15 mile an hour speed limit on that highway. And we just nail people left and right. Well, they made the mistake of writing a ticket to a state (laughs) legislator who had a house on that island down there. And he passed a bill just like the one you're talking about in Louisiana (laughs) and basically put that town out of business. (laughs) Oh, wow. A couple of other quick
0: comments. Yeah. Officer in Rock Hill, um, that was Ron Ziegler. And if you Google, um, officer that had the most, wrote the most tickets. His name comes up.
2: I believe it. I believe yeah. it. He he never got me. I saw him several times before he re, he retired. I think it was like five or six years, maybe longer than that, maybe seven or eight years ago. And yeah. it was a big enough. I was a channel two then, and it was a big enough deal. We went out and did a story on the man when he retired. I mean, everybody yeah. knew who this guy was, and you know, going all the way back, you know, my, I was telling the story of you know my wife back. Uh, It would have been like the late 80s, remember, getting a ticket from this guy.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, I got one from him, too. And (laughs) on the crazy, reckless driving, oh, my gosh, uh, Highway 70, or I'm sorry, 270, that's where I always feel like I'm taking my life in my hand.
2: There's no doubt there there are some spots. Yeah, particularly that area, I think the stretch between 44 and 55 is the one where it gets craziest.
0: Uh. Well, uh, um, I'm thinking of where 170 ends. So like maybe from Lindbergh.
2: Oh, I thought you were saying 270. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah, 270. Okay. 270 um, from like Lindbergh, um, pretty much almost to Illinois, um, to the Alton Exit, all along there, the Hulls Ferries and all of those.
2: Yeah, you get some you get some interesting <laughs> you get some interesting ones through there. My son just turned sixteen, and uh, when he had his permit, was teaching him to drive, and we would do a lot of driving up and down one seventy, and or excuse me, up and down two seventy, uh, and couple of times some people came flying through there and there's no mm-hmm. doubt in my mind they were going 100 miles an hour. And I'm like, "Yeah, OK, is this guy going to kill me or is the reaction of the teenager who is an inexperienced driver going to kill me? I did survive. I'm, I'm glad to say that I'm still here. Everybody's doing OK. My son has a license now and he's been told that if you drive like that, you won't have that license for long. So we try to use these as teaching <laughs> moments, right?
0: Right. But those places with the crazy drivers don't seem to ever have police there pulling anybody over. And I think if I was a police officer in that area, I would fear for my life that I wouldn't want to pull anybody over um, for expired tags or speeding or anything else because there just seems to be so many incidents of things that we see on body cams and Officers getting shot and
2: yeah. Well, there's a, there's no there's no doubt that there are you know that's a tough job and I think it, we're kind of angling off into a, di- a different topic there, but uh, no question about it, uh, that is one of the hardest jobs out there and uh, I don't I don't think anybody discounts the danger involved in it at times and and traffic stops are they're unpredictable and and you and you do have to ask yourself when somebody is going. 10 miles an hour down the highway, you know, do they really, do they really care about much? So food for thought. And I'll tell you what, that is something that we're going to leave. that We're going to leave on this because we are up against the clock. 918 on KMOX. It is KMOX at your service on a Tuesday night. Dependable traffic and weather together on the tens weekday mornings on the voice of St. Louis
0: KMOX.
2: 922 KMOX at your service Tuesday night. George sells with you another hour and a half or so coming up until 11 o'clock. Having a conversation in the newsroom earlier before going on the air with Kevin Colleen, And he pointed out something really interesting. Have you noticed that we haven't really seen any leaves changing yet? So I, I thought to myself, okay, I really haven't. I was thinking about my house. The leaves are all green. I mean, it is October – what is it? The, the 12th? October 12th. And so I looked it up. Go online. Go to uh, a bunch of different sites have like uh, you know, leaf meters and all this kind of stuff. And uh, there was – I think it was a Yelp site. Uh, that was that had a state by state rundown of of the fall foliage and when it's supposed to happen and where the peaks are and best places to see it all that sort of thing, and in Missouri, the leaves are supposed to start changing in late September, and they are supposed to be peaking right now, and I don't see anything. I do not. I do not see any. I don't. See, I don't see any leaves changing. Do you? Call me, 314-436-7900. Are you seeing leaves? You want to see leaves. You care about leaves. Some people don't. I, I, I grant you that. I was, I was watching the news this morning, and uh, Ken Earhart on Channel 4 was saying that this burst of cool weather that we're going to have coming in this weekend with uh, low temperatures going down in the 40s could cause like a real burst of color. Now that'd be kind of cool if if we're gonna go from green to straight up golden orange in a matter of a, a few days that that would be a that would be kind of a cool sight to see so sort of looking forward to that I would lo- I would love to get a get a good peek at that and see how that turns out but uh, you know for for the places particularly when you get out out into the state you know the I always think of the La Bourgeois winery uh, on I seventy just west of Columbia. Uh, they've got a this great outdoor deck that on a ledge, kind of out over the Missouri River, and the uh, the leaves changing there. Uh, my wife went to Mizzou, and when my wife was at Mizzou, uh, Mizzou was not very good at football, and, and I'm not talking about the struggles they're having this year, where. They're at least, you know, still considered a threat by anybody that they get on the field with. They were really, really bad at football back when my wife was there. So uh, she would tell stories of how the standard Saturday afternoon was a, a courtesy visit to Pharaoh uh, Field to root for the team in the first half of the game before they got their doors blown off. And then everybody would go to the winery. And that was kind of a fall thing. And I got to take part in that a couple of times. And It just nothing says fall, like sitting out there on a crisp October day and looking out at just the river and the beautiful leaves. But right now we don't have the beautiful leaves or maybe not quite, maybe not quite to the degree we would like anyway. So this is something to look forward to. I love the fall anyway. I mean, can you really beat the fall? You look at what we've got going on. Now, it's not – as good in St. Louis this year, but you do have October baseball being played. Gotta love that college football NFL NFL would be better if as we talked about earlier, if we hijack the league and get our own team, that'll be cool. That'll make fall even that much more fun. Hockey starting up lots of action. If you're into sports, lots of action in the fall, but you don't have to be into sports because you got the, you've got the leaf peeping you can do. You've got just the brisk. You know, what's the bit on Saturday Night Live? Sweater weather. It's sweater weather. We gotta have some sweater weather. Well, we're gonna finally have some sweater weather this weekend. We Had to endure a little bit more rain before the fact, but uh, we are going to we are going to have to get some get out those uh, sweaters and warmer clothes. And we'll have to wait and see. Well, we we'll be watching this prediction about the leaves making their making their turn and and all that good stuff. And See how it turns out. Hopefully, we'll get to see something fairly early. Oh, by the way, if you're a hockey fan, the Seattle Kraken just dropped the puck on their life in the world of the NHL. Who knew? Lots going on. Lots to chat about. Anyway, anything else you folks are up to this evening? What do do you want to talk talk about? Give us a call. Open lines all night long. 314-436-7900. That's the number, 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120 if you want to give us a call toll-free. Uh, lots going on. I mean, if you vaccines and what's been going on with the the latest really in vaccines, uh, we're starting to see a number of things that are kind of kicking in as far as that goes and we can get into some of that in a little bit as well. If you'd like to talk about that, some of the the mandates you're seeing, the federal government mandate, Boeing has announced that they are going to be mandating that their employees get vaccines, and uh, the hospitals, of course, have been have been dealing with that. St. Louis Public Schools, a place where I work, we've been we've been dealing with that on our own. So you hear you're hearing a lot of discussion about that going on right now, and you're going to hear more of it because. It's got a little quiet on the federal government front. But that that mandate for businesses with over 100 employees uh, that was laid out there by the president, not not to mention all the federal employees and and those requirements as well. And we're about to start to see those dates popping up pretty soon uh, where where deadlines are in place. And so it's going to be interesting to see how different businesses, especially these large companies, uh these multi-state, multinational companies, how they move move forward with some of this. Uh, I think the the bigger the organization gets, the more uh, you know, the more states they're in, the more global they are, uh, the trickier a concept this becomes as they try to to move forward with any kind of a vaccine mandate. So we're gonna be hearing a lot more about that in the coming weeks. And then there was also Uh, Last hour, that little bit of good news, uh, the idea that we could, theoretically, no no guarantees, but we could be in a position to start putting some of these masks away by year's end. That's according to the head of the St. Louis Metropolitan Pandemic Task Force, uh, who tells me that – it's possible. We're, we're on a downward trend. Good news. If we can get those vaccine numbers up and you know get more and more people vaccinated and keep the numbers going down on the illnesses, we might finally be able to put these masks away for a little bit. And that would be a nice way to ring in the new year, I think. It's 930 and you're listening to KMOX.
4: put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: Your home of the Billikens. Chiefs. And Cardinals.
3: I like sports. Listening to sports. America's sports voice. KMOX. (laughs) KMOX. 9.33
2: 9.33 in the evening. Camo at your service on a Tuesday night. I'm George Sells with you up until 11 o'clock. And we're getting toward the holiday season here. If you've been to Sam's. You've seen all the Christmas trees and stuff up already or Lowe's for that matter. I have a little complaint. This is a sidelight before what I'm actually getting into, but a slight complaint here. Uh, you know, October... We've always put the – we like to be in the spirit of things, so we've always put the orange lights up, the Halloween lights outside the house, kind of be festive, get into the season. And it's nice because then what you can do is you can have those up and then kind of do a segue into the Christmas lights without too big of a gap there. And this is just something we've always done. Now, I got started a little late this year, I'll freely admit. Put it off a little bit too long, but had a nice day. I was working on it this weekend, and it was the standard. Tell me tell me this isn't like the story of any person putting lights up outside. Mike Anderson, I don't know if you put lights up at your house, but he's shaking his head no. Scrooge over here, but uh, or Halloween Scrooge. Who would Halloween Scrooge be? I'll work on that for a second. If you think of something, tell me. I want to know. But uh, So... The, the way this generally works is you put the lights up, and as you go along, you find these strands that have magically died since last year. They were perfectly fine when you took them off the bushes November 1st a year ago, but now they're dead. So count them up, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, I've got five strands. I need to go buy five boxes. And into the car you go and off to Lowe's to, or wherever you buy your Halloween lights to pick up more. Well, I get there the other day and not a, not a Halloween light to be found, not at Lowe's, not at Target, not at the local hardware store. I went by a, by an ACE hardware store, nothing, nada. Now, granted, I, again, I admit I was late, but you would think that, you know, first week of October would still be fair game for your outdoor illumination to celebrate the Halloween season. But I was out of luck. I did finally find some. I had to go online, and it turned out there was the Walmart in Shrewsbury had a few left, so I was able to make that road trip. But this is not what I'm complaining about. I was bummed out about it, but what are you going to do? But the Christmas stuff is, like, up and ready to go. I mean, everything you need for Christmas, it's there. The, The white lights, the colored lights, the red lights, green lights, you name it, all that good stuff. Uh, It's up and ready here as we sit on October 12th. Now, I'm sorry, but please, is this not just a little bit too early for all this stuff? And what's doubly annoying to me is this. I will go into my Christmas light process around the second week of November with the idea that you have them up the week, you know, a few days before Thanksgiving, so you can flip them on uh, Thanksgiving night, and at that point, middle of November, I'll go to the store and the white lights will be all gone. You'll get nothing. I mean, the 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 turkey is not even warm. Or cold rather the turkey has not gotten cold from Thanksgiving night and you can no longer get lights to decorate for Christmas yeah there there is something about the way that retail functions that it makes me nuts I do not get it I mean I understand the concept that you load, you stock your shelves up you need to be able to sell what's on the shelves and you don't want a bunch of leftovers so you have don't have anywhere to put them for the rest of the year Okay, I can I can sink my teeth into that concept. This is not difficult, but to tell me that if you aren't done decorating for a late December holiday by the the first week in November, that you're out of luck, and that seems to be where it's gone to. And I don't know if some of this has has been made worse the last couple of years, but it, though it feels like it's always been that way, but you know, blame it on COVID, blame it on, and blame it on staffing, you know, whatever you want to go after, uh, you know, that's what you have to deal with. I'm getting a text now from my wife who tells me that I have lots and lots of lights. Oh, I also ordered some from Amazon, tried to cancel that one. Okay. Well, there you go. Then we have, if you need orange lights, uh, Hit me up on Twitter at George Sells. I think I can help you out. <laughs> but uh, I, all this that, – that was my kind of sidelight into the holiday season because the concept of how this all works is just baffling to me as far as these holiday, holiday decorations and supplies. And where that takes me is what I initially was going to bring up and it is the way that the holidays are going to be really, really different this year from the standpoint that the United States Postal Service is basically announcing that they are going to slow down service. This is how they're going to, this is how they're going to basically deal with the fact that they're understaffed the way they're going to, the, how they're going to deal with basically you know, all of these difficulties they're facing. Uh, I mean, the number of the mail volume is way down. And, and we all know that it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out. We have email, we have all sorts of social media, everything's at our fingertips. You don't really need to sit down and write a letter to mom anymore. Uh, But that said, mail volume has declined by 46 billion pieces or 28%. That's according to Reuters. And, They've got to do something because they are losing money. It's, what's that word? Hemorrhaging is a great word, I think. And hemorrhaging money is a pretty good description of uh, how uh, things are going for the United States Postal Service these days. So the answer is you know, proposed changes that will involve cutting service. And they're going to have fewer people working there. And there it's going to just be a little bit slower. Supposedly one of the, one of the articles I saw said you can basically plan on a a piece of first class mail that you send in this country uh, to take a week. So who is this going to impact? Uh, Sadly, uh, it, and I'm not thinking so as much about holiday packages that that's another story that we can get into in a second. Obviously, the holiday season will be impacted. Uh, and again, you've got the shortages of workers that between the post office, UPS, Amazon, FedEx, all of them. So you're going to ha- you're going to have issues there. But just the basic letter. You know, we still have a lot of elderly people in this country who prefer to write a letter. We still have a lot of people in this country who, whether it is because they're a little older and more set in their ways, or because they don't have uh, quality internet access, or because maybe they just can't afford a computer, uh, or can't afford to, yeah, uh, you know, a number, any of the the things that make sitting down with a laptop and paying your bills. Easy for for most of us. There are some people that don't have that luxury, and for those folks, this is going to be a problem. I mean, the person who takes their bills and writes them out and writes a check, puts in the envelope and goes off and drops it in in the mailbox. uh, This is going to be a change because they're basically going to have to try and figure out, okay, how much different is this going to be how much slower is it going to be I, mean, I, I just I hate this picture I've got in my head of some elderly couple that mails their bills getting and living on a fixed income getting penalized because they didn't realize that the credit card bill the light bill the mortgage whatever they're sending off uh, wasn't going to get there in three days anymore and all of a sudden there's more you know more money coming out of the kitty the next month for no apparent reason, but uh, that's gonna that's gonna be an issue. And then again, you get into packages. Um, I think the biggest thing is as you start making your holiday shopping plans and your holiday mailing plans. If that is something that you do, uh, you're going to have to really give it some extra thought. Uh, as far as how you're going to approach things. I mean, most people have a strategy. You know, they get, a, can we get my shopping done by this date? And then I'm prioritizing these relatives and these friends who live in this part of the country. And then you're kind of back timing everything. And some people now just say to heck with it and send it via Amazon and you're done. You don't have to, you wash your hands of it. You check the gift wrap part. But yeah, that's got its own, that's got its own set of pitfalls. I I still haven't figured out why how, I can order like three different things and I want them in one box wrapped and it just never seems to work right. I, and and I am I am a computer literate person. I am not that guy who can't figure out how any of this stuff works. I, I understand how it works and I will still have problems with their version of doing it or I'll goof it up once in a while. I will goof it up once in a while on my end. Sent my dad a birthday present couple weeks ago and forgot to click on his box for the address to go to and his birthday present wound up at my house on his birthday. Not cool. I sent a text with a picture. Hey, it's on the way. But, uh, and then it took longer to get there though, because we went to the post office to send it. So there we go. Pitfalls of the coming holiday season brought to you by KMOX. Mind your timing because... The Postal Service is basically going to slow everything down. And this is a this is all part of a 10-year strategic plan for the Postal Service to save money. And it's going to be very, very interesting to see how that all works out because members of Congress love to complain about how expensive the Postal Service is and members of the public love to complain about... Postal rates going up, and we also love to complain about things being slow. Well, at this point, it's kind of a pick one sort of thing. It's either going to be slow or it's going to be more expensive, maybe a little bit of both. And now we're <laughs> now we're faced with what happens next. Here's my question to ponder for the night: Does the post office, does the United States Post Office still exist in ten years? Or has it been pushed out? I mean, Amazon, Amazon was becoming one of their big customers, and what does Jeff Bezos do? He buys some planes and buys some trucks, and he's got his own post office now. Way to go, Jeff. Probably be shipping items to the moon soon. Have William Shatner take it. Lots, of, lots to chew on there. lot to wrap your head around, so think about that one for a little bit. It's 946, and we'll be right back on Camel X.
0: Nearly a century of informing, entertaining, and serving St. Louis. KMOX.
2: 950 on KMOX. Shout out to the folks over at... STL or at St. Louis City SC. I can't they really say STL City. I know that's not right. St. Louis City SC, the new soccer team that is going to be joining us here. You driven by that stadium lately, Mike? Okay, I've got to, I've got to pull Mike, in, Mike Anderson in here real quick. Uh, thoughts and observations thus far of the uh, construction site downtown? I can't wait for it to be done. It went up fast. They got all the steel and concrete up, so... It looks cool. It looks, looks, looks it looks kind of like a modern day. You watch Ted Lasso. It looks like the, the, like a modern day version of the old Richmond Greyhound stadium in England, which doesn't really exist, but it's fun anyway. But uh, yeah. So if you've been driving around in, in, you know, West, West down, downtown West neighborhood is that's the neighborhood, the downtown West neighborhood uh, and seeing the stadium going up, it's really exciting to look at and exciting to think about what's, what's coming ahead. Here's what's interesting though, and this is where I think uh, a lot of credit is deserved from the folks with the soccer team. And there is a tweet that they've got up with a video and they are hosting a or joining in the in the hosting of a panel's discussion about the Mill Creek Valley neighborhood. And that was the predominantly African American neighborhood that was essentially leveled and displaced when highway 40 was built. That was a neighborhood that, that elevated stretch of highway there that goes through downtown, uh, was an historic neighborhood in the St. Louis, in the St. Louis area. And it was leveled back at forties or fifties, whenever it was that they built highway 40 and, uh, just wasn't talked about at all for a long time. and, Now, it it has come up more again in recent years. It it has been discussed more. I was shocked and just generally concerned that I lived here for a number of years before I'd ever heard a reference to it, like more than a decade. So anyway, uh, the footprint of the new soccer stadium and all that they are trying to do uh, falls in a, a significant portion Of what was once Mill Creek Valley and rather than just build new stuff and say, look how shiny and cool this is and pat yourself on the back for some urban renewal and all that. uh, They are instead embracing the past. They've got this video up on Twitter talks about a St. Louis community that was erased, which is true. And then they say, but forgotten no more. And they are going to be involved in this discussion uh, about Mill Creek Valley. On this area, the Brickline Greenway, they'll be honoring you. This is going to be Friday, 10, 15 at 11, 15 a.m. And uh, you can look that up on their on their Twitter feed if you want to find out more about that. But I just came across this, and it it's nice to see somebody coming in from jump as a corporate citizen. And I know the Taylors are the main driving force behind the team and the Taylors have made a a habit of being a good corporate citizen here for many many years. But I it just seems like every time I look up there's something else interesting and forthright and just kind of cool that this team is doing as they as they push toward their opening, which is still more than a year away, but you're you're not just going to have a stadium. You're going to have uh, you're, multiple soccer fields out there that they're going to make you. They're going to allow to be used by schools, your community groups, things like that, as well as obviously practice facilities for the professional team. They've already got club teams for kids uh, picked up, and it, just a lot of things like that. They're 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 building a community there more than just a team. We were talking earlier about uh, this discussion that the NFL might find themselves offering an expansion team to St. Louis as essentially payment to get out of this lawsuit that they're about to get their butts handed to them in. St. Louis is winning that lawsuit. So the, this is a big discussion. If you haven't heard about it, we did. We spent some time on it in the last hour, but uh, point of it is you can drop a new team in here If you're the NFL, I think that they will be hard pressed, even though they will have incredible resources. I think that they will be hard pressed to match the insight into the community and the imagination and quality of the efforts being made by St. Louis City Soccer Club to be a real piece of st louis before they ever put a player on the pitch Uh, it's been impressive it continues to be impressive i suspect we will see more and if you're a sports fan take a drive down olive in west st louis and see what's going up there it is something to see 955 on camelaxe